My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show coming to you because AJ and I needed to take a deep breath after what was an incredible hockey game today at uh, the X, the Wild, with a, yes, 10-7 win over the Vancouver Canucks, the best team in the National Hockey League. Um, after two periods of play, the Wild was down 5-3. to three. They come back with a seven spot in the third period. Um, kids, take a look at the score sheet because this is something you don't see in 2024. This looks like I lifted it straight from the 1984 NHL season when a 17-goal game happened now and, and then. But, age just to provide some context here, and there's a lot of, I, I mean, this was, as far as a fan goes, this was a lot of fun to watch. Um, as, uh, let's see here. Let's see the, the records we got. The Wild's six scores in a span of 5 minutes 45 seconds was the fastest such flurry in the NHL in 25 years since Washington had six goals in 447 in a 10 win win against the Tampa Bay Lightning February 3rd of 1991. Obviously, the 10 goals, or I shouldn't say obviously, but the 10 <laughs> goals set a franchise record. The seven goals in the third period uh, are a franchise record. And uh, But before we get to the specifics of what was a crazy game in which there are actually some concerns, you were in the suite watching the game. I was in the press box. Um, as far as craziness that you've seen, where does this one rank? That's funny you say that because I was actually talking about this um, with the buddies that I was at the game with here. And I like I remember it was a like a five goal comeback against the Hawks back in the day. I was like playing youth hockey. And I remember like after a tournament loss, because, you know, frankly, any team that had me on, it wasn't all too great. We went uh, out for like a post game meal with the team. We're yep. eating our chicken tenders and they all of a sudden bang, 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 five goal comeback. Just insane. Um, I want to say it was 2021, the season opener, the home opener um, against the Jets, where Kyle Connor was offsides yep. for an empty netter. Yep, Eventually it led to a, a an overtime win for the Wild. That was crazy. I think this falls right underneath that. I, I, I'm sitting there in between the, the second and third period. I'm thinking like, all right, this is exactly how this game is going to go. Um, it, it, the, the Canucks were just better. I mean, it took all of what less than less than a minute, less than two minutes for them to find the back of the net to start the day. Gus didn't look all that great, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, you know, I didn't have too much faith in the, uh, the power play to come out five on three and maybe kickstart anything. And boy, was I dead wrong. Uh, that, that was an insane five minutes of hockey to start the third that it, in, I, I, it, it, it kind of shows just how frustrating the season has been because mm-hmm. they can play like that. Granted you're, you're playing on the man advantage, but where has that intensity, where has that been for a handful of games here where you've been back against the wall you need the points that was an insane game of hockey um one of the people that i was at the game with was like did we just watch a football game like football season was over seven to ten ten to seven seven goals seven goals in the third that's that's an insane number um i mean that was that was a lot of fun defense optional but boy was that fun for fans i think that's the wildest regular season game in this franchise franchise's history i've seen because uh, I, I was at the Jets game that you're talking about, and that was a nice comeback. But this game was 
from both sides. It was just craziness. It was utter craziness. And the goaltending was absolutely pathetically awful. Um, Casey <laughs> DeSmith in what the third period was, was, and, and I mean, he didn't get a lot of help, but he was terrible. Uh, but I mean, this game was five to two when JT Miller completed his hat trick, which was one of, by the way, three hat tricks in this game. Eric Sinek and Kaprizov obviously also had them for the wild. And each of those guys had six points. But when JT Miller completed his, his hat trick at 1430 of the second period, it was five to two. The wild ends up four of six on the power play. Um, I believe they had something like four, five on threes. And I think they scored on three of them on five on threes. You don't see, you know, how often do you see five on threes period, much less almost a handful of times in one game. So I think this is the craziest game I've seen overall, as far as it just left your head absolutely spinning. Uh, but again, you know, the, these are the type of games in today's league. You certainly see more goals than you did in the neutral zone trap days. And you certainly see more goals than, than you did from the guy who perfected that Jacques Lemaire when he coached this team. Uh, but 17 goals in one game, 10 goals by the home team is absolutely just craziness. Uh, from that aspect, I thought it was a ton of fun. And that wild first line, and I know that, that you know, again, it was four power play goals. So, but that wild first line, Boldy, a goal and three assists. So he had four points. Eric Sinek, three goals and three assists. So he had six points. And the same for Kaprizov. So if you just want to combine their point total for the day, they combined for 16 points. 16 points. And now, as Ben points out here, only two points out of a wild card spot. I want to play the Canucks in the first round. Ben, I got bad news for you. Um, Thatcher Demko starts today. They don't score 10 goals. Mm-hmm. Thatcher Demko starts. You're not going to score 10 goals. So the playoffs would be a very different thing. But let's talk about the game itself, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I try to ask. John Hines this. I don't think he liked my question, but that's okay. After the game, because I said, yeah, it's fun, and you won, but like, what's the breakdown here? I mean, there were a lot of very, like, if you're going to make a playoff run, a lot of concerning things today. Um, Your defense, but more importantly, your number one goaltender. I tried to say Gus had a terrible day, and I think Hines started to say, well, this goal did that, and this goal, I'm sorry, he had an awful day. And I was shocked that, that he was in through the second period. And I had, mm-hmm. I, it was pointed out, I, I X'd this, I put it on Twitter. And I, the immediate response I got is, well, they play the Jets tomorrow and Flower's going to start that game. So you don't want to play Flower today. And I said, I don't care. You need all the points. And this is a conference game that you can possibly get. So like, if I ride Flower into the ground, I just do. Like, I'm going to go out throwing throwing my best punch. And Gustafson, when he has these type of games age, doesn't really bounce back. And I I mean, both goaltenders, I think their save percentages between the starters, Casey DeSmith and Gustafson, I think their save percentages were both in the 60s. Uh, DeSmith gave up eight goals on 25 shots against him. Gustafson, five goals on 16 shots. So, yes, it was fun from a fan standpoint. Go to it score a ton of goals, but I'm sorry. I can't look at that goaltending performance from the guy who's supposed to be your top goaltender and, you know, coming off that Phoenix game right here as well. Now he was just been hurt then, but this to me spiraled really badly. 
And let's just say you are not going to get multiple five on threes to solve that in the playoffs. No, not at all. Um, What I will say, and I will give them credit for, because this is something I think has lacked a bulk of the year. They get handed these opportunities to will themselves back into the game. And typically I have no faith in them. Typically it's just a five on three where, you know, we're going to generate a chance or two. Maybe we'll get a few shots, a five on four normal man advantage where really nothing happens. It's just lackluster. Maybe you take a shot at ricochets out of the zone and all we're going to take the re- the final 40 seconds to even try to enter and set up the perimeter. They actually converted like that. That's the thing here today. They got these chances and they converted. They found the back of the net and not every goal was pretty, you know, the Rossi goal off his skate. Sure. I'm if you want to tell me that he, you know, knew what he was doing and boxed out and angled his skate to deflect it, you know, for sure. I'll take that. Um, the Kaprizov goal, obviously backdoor one timer. That's what I expected him. But look at um, I want to say even back in the second period, the Zuccarello goal, where and this this is not to do with the the wild third period, but he just kind of threw one a lazy cross crease pass. And it, it just, things. it hit off of skate and then it yep. snuck under the pad somehow of DeSmith. Up until the third period, that is what I expected. It was a power play goal, but it was sheer dumb luck. That is what the Wild have been doing. And that's when they've been scoring. They had a purpose. They were driving to the net. They were forcing the puck to the middle a lot more often than what we've seen. Maybe it helped that they had a full 15 minute intermission to draw something up and talk about it in the locker room. But they came out and they actually had a plan. They actually had a purpose on the power play. They knew they could get the Canucks on their heels. And as soon as they got one, as soon as they got two, it was like they'd go back to center ice. They'd say, let's go ahead and do it again. Win the faceoff, end of the zone. And, you know, the, the crowd, as soon as they would get, cross that blue line, again, it was it was miracle. It was Herb Brooks. Again, again, you know, just keep going. Keep firing on net. And it was – that was the thing. They actually converted on these opportunities, which – I feel like they just haven't done. So how much different this season would be if they took these chances where they are handed a silver platter to bring themselves back into a game or in other cases, like break away and put their throat on the, like on the opposition, not cough up the last, you know, five minutes of the third period, actually be able to close out games. How much different this season would be? would be crazy. If they do this more um, two points out of a playoff spot now, I'm not going to say I'm back in on this team because I'm not. But what I will say is that that is a big improvement is that they when it mattered, they showed up. Yeah, no, they they definitely came back. Um, and, and you had a feeling when the third period, when the first goal was scored, that that was going to to shift things. I think the goaltending change just helped. And, and I know Flower gave up two goals, but I think it just helped for confidence because I think that there was a zero confidence that Gus was going to stop the puck there, um, which was rightfully so. Flurry came in, made some saves, also gave up two goals. Again, the goaltending was certainly bad today. Uh, I found it to be a positive with this stat. Although he was a minus two, take that for what it's worth, though. Mm. Zuccarello, the goal that you pointed out, three assists, four points. And, you know, I'll go back to you're not going to get this many five-on-threes probably again. And and that that was clearly a turning point. I, I think they scored two goals at least two goals, if not three, off those situations. Um, but Zuccarello, four points. Eck, six points. 
Um, Kirill Kaprizov, six points. And here's the funny thing. If er Erickson Eck had, I think, at least three chances in the first period around the slot where he easily could have scored goals and completely missed the net, he could have been sitting on a five-goal day easily. Um, so th those are the positives. Here's the, what we got to bring up, though. The yeah. depth scoring. So you scored 10 goals, okay? So you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, the scoring's all over the place. There's, right? Two guys scored six goals. Boldy, who's on the top line, and no one is debating of late, has been very good, scored a goal. Mm -hmm. Rossi kicked in a puck, or it, it went off his skate. Erickson Eck, by the way, I think his first goal, same, same exact way. No yep. distinct kicking motion. Uh, Brodeen, empty netter that was the length of the ice. Zuccarello. <laughs> So let's go now to some of the other lines. Let's go to the second line because those guys certainly contributed, right? Marcus Johansson, a minus two, zero points. Freddie Goudreau, a minus one, zero points. Um, besides Brodeen's goal, and this is just weird. So Brock Faber played 25-09 in a 10-goal game. He did not have one point. Jake Middleton played 17-57, no points. The only point for a long time, I think until the Brodeen goal from your blue line, was John Merrill's assist. So, um, I and, and just to be very clear here, I am not concerned at all about Brock or Jake. I, I just think that that's weird that they didn't get on the score sheet. Um, I don't like the fact, though, that you, again, got no production from Johansson. I don't like the fact that you got no production from Goudreau. Uh Hartman had an assist, was a plus one, so he gave you a little something. But it's not one of those, like, you look at the score sheet, like, everyone contributed. It is very, very um, uh, condensed as far as who contributed. And that first line did a lot. But you would certainly love to see, and I'll, I'll just start with this. In a 10-goal game, you would certainly love to see Johansson give you more than a big fat zero and a minus two. Yes, and the other name that you mentioned uh, while reading off that was Freddie Goudreau, who the most notable play that sticks out in that 60 minutes of hockey from him was late in the third period, the power play goal by Brock Besser. He, somebody, I forget who it was, that heads to the box. But immediately off the faceoff, Brock Faber's stick break? breaks Middleton. Middleton, thank you. Yeah, Middleton, yes. it was the, um, uh, the tripping, tripping yep. against Besser. So he trips Besser, goes to the box, ensuing faceoff. Faber's stick breaks like immediately. Not sure if it got slashed or it was like a quick play to the net. I forget exactly how it happened. Breaks almost immediately. And then just instead of playing the position and waiting for an opportunity, Freddie Goudreau goes out of his way to stay low in the slot and like force, hey, take take my stick. Take, take my stick. I don't need it. Because what I should be doing is covering the point where Brock Besser is, you know, who's having a, a fantastic season with the Canucks. Why would I want to cover him and put any pressure on him when I could just let him walk to the top of the slot right. and, sh and shoot the puck? Um, takes himself out of position and then tries to save face by sprinting up there. Doesn't do it. Boom. And, and granted, it wasn't really super in reach there, but it, it's that like that's the play that sticks out. In a game where where you had 10 goals scored for your team, yep. you are held pointless, and that's what sticks out. You cost them a, a power play goal. You, you On the penalty kill, you just blatantly disregard your job. We 
and this is exactly what Wild Crazy says here on the screen. They don't have the depth to go deep in the nope. playoffs right now. And this and this is not news, well, you know. This is yeah. not anything new. This should not be a surprise to anybody, but for a guy that we've seen it in the past at times like being a decent role player who should and especially, you know, the wealth should be shared on a, on a day like this. Casey Smith let up eight goals. The Canucks did him no favors in front. The coaching staff did him no favor. Thatcher Demko must have been on the bench saying, no, not even, not well, even close. He plays tomorrow too. See, yeah. they're they're just like the Jets. I think they've got the abs. I, I got, I kept, as the lead disintegrated for the Canucks, I kept looking at the bench at Tock. I, I think Tock in a sick way enjoyed it because this is a great <laughs> cautionary tale. And just to be very clear, the Canucks never played well today. The Canucks yeah. in the... Like, like I never watched that and said, now, do, do I think they're talented? Absolutely. But I never watched that game and said, they are kicking the Wilds' asses. Uh, in my opinion, Gus was allowing bad goals. Um, the Wild, you know, the first period, how many uh, grade A's were, were wide of the net, Age? Yeah. Like, the grade A's going wide of the net was unbelievable. So, like, I never looked at that game. In, in fact, I thought the first, the first period was a coach's dream, if you're talking, because you led... Your team didn't play well, and I thought that they, they would get a kick in the ass, and of course they did. They came out in the second period, um, and actually that one goal that they scored, the the uh, puck possession in the wild zone was stupid. It was stupid, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, this was not. This was a fun game to watch as a fan. I don't take anything from this game as far as sustainable acts. Like the Wild's first line is playing well. We know that. But I'm much. I would be much more concerned about seven goals against, about Gus, mm-hmm. about the fact that uh, the weird thing about Gus is this. I've I've got a theory on Gus. I'm I'm curious if, if you agree with it or not. Here's my theory. I don't think you want to shoot on Gus close in. I think the more you lob the puck at the net, the more the bus struggles on it. That Ian Cole goal, the first goal of the game. Yeah. Now that's Ian Cole. You remember him? He played here. Mm-hmm. Um. He's he ain't Bobby Orr, and like Gus is struggling, and I know he's screened, but I mean, come on, you're screened. It's the NHL. You're goaltender. You're going to be screened. Um, I actually think if I was to face the Wild in the playoffs, if they make it, and and we'll talk about that in a second because it's a big if. But if I was to face the Wild in the playoffs, my scouting report on Gus could get traffic in front of him and essentially lob the puck on net. Because he struggles way more with that. I feel he's most effective on on what are probably show up on the shot chart as great A's. But he seems to have much more of a control of that. It's when the puck is coming from angles that Gus sort of, how can I put this nicely? He sort of doomnicks at times. I love that term. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And that's, and that's the thing about that too is, that's the thing about that too is he, the Canucks had what? They they scored on their first two like technically their two shots. They did, yeah, yeah. They were they. It took them forever to get a shot that didn't go in. They didn't play a good first period at all. No, they didn't. But the, and that's where your point comes in. If they had a handful of shots on, like they obviously had the quality over quantity maybe mindset. Even though their quality shots weren't all that quality, they were just kind of on net. If they would have forced the puck on net a little more often, who knows? how many of those could could have gone in? If they have a normal first period, you average your normal like 10-ish shots a period, it might have been a bigger deficit at the end of the first. Um, the past 
what, two outings, I think, for Gus, maybe three, you could argue, have not been that great. And it's kind of concerning me because it goes with the trend of the the season, it feels like, where like they're still not they're out of a playoff spot right now. We know that. And it's still an uphill battle for them, given where they're at and kind of everything else. We see the depth that they have today, despite scoring 10 goals. They're, they're fighting. They're fighting an uphill battle here. If you do end up deciding, you know what? We just can't do it. We're going to sell Gustafson, who I thought was playing decent hockey for, you know, maybe a two week stretch or at least the first few looks after the all-star game. Now, now things just turn south, and now if any value that's there, people are going to say, "Well, what's going on? Why? What? What do you mean you want a first round pick for that?" Yeah, what, what you, I've seen his last three starts. I've seen his last four starts. He couldn't stop a beach ball right now. Like that—that's the parts that that's concerning. Is why is all of a sudden this happening? Why? Why is he now having such a hard time tracking the puck? Is is that screen door out front that big of an obstacle for him visually to be able to track that shot from the blue line? Um. I, it's he's lucky he didn't get a loss on his on his record today. That's that's oh God, yeah, that's incredible. I almost feel like they should they should still throw one on there. It it, it he he in no way deserves to escape today with nothing added to his win loss on the season. That is incredible yes. that he gets to just move on like almost nothing happened. And Tim just commented, um, I say Flurry gets the nod from here on out. That's the problem, Tim. You can't do that, and I don't disagree with you. I agree with your point fundamentally, Tim, but the problem with this is you can't do that because you, you'll, you know, you'll wear flour down to a nub and he's what, almost 40 years old. That's the thing about this to, to the, the comment that you brought up earlier on the show, Age. There's no depth here. That's no. the problem. There's no depth here. You don't have enough depth to do this. And so, but what's weird is if you look at the playoff picture right now, it's a unholy mess. Okay. So. The top three teams in the Central. Dallas, 76 points. Colorado, 72 points. The Jets, who I believe lost today to, to the Flames, 71 points. And they play host to the Wild tomorrow at home, all right? Mm-hmm. The Pacific Division. Vancouver, a league best, 80 points still. Golden Knights, 70 points in second place. Edmonton, 67. Now let's get to the wild card. And this is where it's an unholy mess. And this is why it's going to be difficult. And this is why you can't have a slump. And this is why you can't have bad goaltending. The, the LA Kings have been hot of late. They're now 5-3-2 in their last 10. And they've won three consecutive. They're at 64 points. St. Louis lost for the second time in a week to Toronto today. They're at 60 points. Nashville has 58 points. 55 games, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Kings have two games in hand. 53 games, okay? St. Louis, 55 games. Nashville, 55 games. Minnesota, 55 games. The Kraken, who lost today in overtime or a shootout to Detroit. Uh, so they got a point, 55 games. Calgary, 56 games. That's the the uh, Coyotes now in 55 games are at 50 points. So I'm going to eliminate them because they're, they're really falling off. Yeah. But that wild card race. LA has 64 points. They've got a playoff spot. They've got they've got wild card one. So right now you're chasing wild card two, which is 60 points. Nashville, 58 points. Minnesota, 58 points. Seattle, 57 points. Calgary, which by the way, before you say, how can you talk about the wild bailing when they're in it? Calgary very much is bailing, but they have 57 points. 
So this is an unholy mess, as I said, with about 25 games left. And um, good luck making sense of this entire thing. Uh, it's going to be fun as a fan, but I have no idea where this is going. And, and as I've said, and I'm seeing in the comments, it ain't like this was a good homestand. Buffalo, you blew it. You should have had two. You got one. And, and today was great fun to watch, but it's a model for nothing. So this is go. This is I don't know what to tell you here, and you can you can mark my words. Bill Guerin ain't gonna dump with what's currently going on, but it's instructive that Calgary's like we're probably good. We're going to bail because everybody realizes if you get wild card two, which is seed eight, and you play the Canucks, you're gonna get Thatcher Demko, and you're gonna get a Vancouver team that has a system for you. And if you're the wild, let me just say this. It's not going to be 10 to 7 at the end of the game. Got all that? <laughs> this, yeah. I Frankly, I cannot wait for the trade, trade deadline to come soon enough because then we can, then I don't have to have nightmares of, I, I, don't, I don't think I told you this, this, and this would not happen, but I, I woke up in a cold sweat the other night, a cold sweat, because I saw in, in my nightmare, Liam Ogren and a third round pick to the Islanders for Noah Dobson, which doesn't make sense. And there's no cap there, but, yeah, no. but like, but like that was enough to make me wake up. I like just, I'm scared. I'm scared that Bill Guerin's going to, you know, go wild bill on it, wild West on it and just try to wheel and deal and do something. I well, don't can't take had... too much cap space though. Right. Like he yeah, still no. is there. There's constraints on the cap. Yeah. And, and that's, but that's the thing. It's just like, there's, there's in the back of my mind, I'm like, he wants to kind of go for it. Craig Leopold wants to go for it. Well, you'll you know? get first round playoff games, and Craig likes those because they get a gate. Like, yeah. like you sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, far be it from me to think that you're going to as as wildcard two beat the Canucks. I don't care what's taking place with Casey the Smith and goal. And the other problem is this. Like today, is the wild gonna come out? against the Jets, who, who by the way, are a very good defensive team and just lost a game today. Are they going to come out great guns tomorrow or are they going to be absolutely gassed? Um, post-game today, Ryan Hartman was asked about games like this, and I think his, his comment was pretty succinct. It's stressful. And it is stressful. So you came all the way back. You got bad goaltending. You overcame all of that. Now you got to get on a plane and I'm not saying it's tough The you know, fl- flying from here to Winnipeg is not exactly far and it's first class for all the seats, but nonetheless, what are you going to come out like tomorrow? And if you fight this fight and make it through the jumble, I just talked about and you're, and you're the eighth seed, you're the second wild card. How much is left to give? And by the way, is your goaltending then solid? Like there's just so many questions about this thing. You know, it's one thing, age, if you beat Buffalo and got two points and you impressed against the Canucks and you're like, okay, this might be something. But man, I, you know, what you're, what, what's being asked here of this team potentially, um, I don't think they have the depth. I don't think they have the manpower to deliver it. I'm sorry, Marcus Johansson, I don't think a, fl- a switch is going to be flipped. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my feeling. No, you're you're exactly right. I mean, it, I mean, we've been saying this what, what feels like for months now. 
Um, John Hines let the team know, thankfully, that, you know, hey, prepare to be tired, prepare to try hard here for the Yeah, he had to tell them, you got you to gotta be exhausted at the end <laughs> of every game. Remember, gentlemen, you have to try in these games. Um, thank you for that one, John. With how many games they have left here, they're like they're it's just gonna be so taxing. They're gonna be yeah, so taxing. Me. If you slump in and you're exactly right, you're gonna have let's just say you face a Canucks team and a Canucks team that's hungry to make a deep run, a, a, a fan base that's craving something like that, but a team that also they're not sweating like this is this is a bad loss for them, and they know that, but that's not a killer for them. Like they're going to be able to rebound because they're good enough to go out and oh, win gosh, a couple yeah. more games. And they, they're going to shake this off in no time, but they're also yeah. going to, based on like the culture and, the, and that goes to the culture that uh, Bill Guerin has tried to like create here. Um, they're going to go back and plan and say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> we got our ass kicked in the third period, but that's not happening again. If we see these guys in the first round, we're going to do that to them for four straight games and send them home. You know, it's, yeah. And based on, frankly, and based on what we've seen between the Wild and the Jets here as of late, who knows how healthy this roster looks after tomorrow night? Because that always seems to be insanely chippy. And given the history here, it just, you know, why why would I expect we're going to come out totally unscathed and nobody's going to be a, a casualty there? So doing this type of style of game, having to rely on a seven-goal third period or um, you know, insane goaltending one night from a 38, 39 year old future hall of famer, or, um, God forbid, relying on a depth guy to show up and do whatever, or relying on Matt Boldy to keep this form that he's found now since the Chicago game and keep that up the rest of the way. It's you, you can't expect, you can't go out there and ask for Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Jewel Erickson to, you know, score four five, six points a night and will this team to a victory. All while, frankly, John Merrill's on the ice. While Alex Gall got, you know, whoever Merrill is like Bobby Orton <laughs> tried to pinch the puck in from the point. Unbelievable. Zach Bogosian, you know, ducking in on the. Nobody misses zone. the net more. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable that you know what I love him because he's he's like a basketball ball hog. He's always going to shoot and he's rarely going to score. Um. So last thing, the Wild now has. Three games left this week, four, five. Their next six games go like this, okay? At the Jets tomorrow, off two days. At Edmonton on Friday night. At Seattle, which again is in the playoff hunt with you on Saturday night. A mm-hmm. couple days off. You get Carolina here on Tuesday. Then you go to Nashville on the 29th. You go to St. Louis on March 2nd. And after that, you've got... Um, You've got two games before the trade deadline. And actually, the day of the deadline, you're in Colorado for an 8 o'clock Central start. So you've got one, two, three, four, five of your next six games. One, two, three, four, five of them are on the road. So that should tell your story. But, man, you've left yourself a very tough road there. Yeah. And like Winnipeg, Winnipeg. They shouldn't win, so who knows? Yeah, and that's that's true. You know, you at this point you just don't know with this team because one day, which drives me crazy, and not not one day because frankly, I I haven't seen them do a full sixty minutes. But they, uh, you know, decide to play their world beaters for twenty minutes, and then the the next uh, forty minutes they just want to take the night off. And hey, you know, we had a really good first period. Let's uh, let's back it in. You know, just give us the two points. Um, Winnipeg. I mean, they're tough. 
Edmonton, since that awful start to the year, I mean, they've turned it around and oh. they've looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Chris Knobloch hasn't played fantastic hockey and McDavid now is right back in the heart race. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Seattle, like you said, is battling. I mean, every, every game up until, and not every game, I should say, because you have Arizona the day before the deadline and San Jose earlier in the week. But um, even on the day of, that deadline's going to be at like, what? It's usually three or four o'clock yeah. here, I want to say. I think it so, uh, might be two central, two or three central. I'm expecting, and this is not like an official prediction, but I'm expecting you're going to have more departures than incomings by 8 p.m. on that uh, Friday, the the 8th against Colorado. It'll be it's going to be intriguing though if they keep pushing because then the question is does Bill Guerin try and make trades for current help? Which I wouldn't put past him. I wouldn't do it personally, but I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, right. I it it really comes down to like the next week and a half, two weeks. It's it's just they're sitting on the fence. One day I think they're going to be I mean, we did a show about it. I was getting I'm getting ready to, one day to look at top five picks in the draft. Who are the top prospects? Who could they go after? No, and no, now no. I'm thinking, okay, now you're going to be sneak, you know, sneaking right into the first round of the are. playoffs. We're going to have to go out for a gritty battle, you know, bloody knuckles and have to scrape out some wins. Who knows who's going to show up? I, I just want this team to like pick an identity. Are you, are you a playoff team? We're, or right, are back you we were. we're right back to where we were. Or I mean, are you bad? 2011 might as well be here still. It's like nothing has changed. Everyone, they purged the locker room and they basically got the same team. It's unbelievable. All right, we are uh, done here again. It was a fun game to watch and there was yeah. a great, there were some great talkers. But as far as like what I took from it, I think I took this team is absolutely maddening and that's about it. Age, uh, we'll talk to you soon. See everybody.